All right, here we go, episode 33, this week's episode of The Musings of Dirtbag Duke. <clears throat> I think this week we're going to foray into the transportation world and talk a little bit about supply chain um, and logistics and more more on the trucking side of it um, actually addressing the trucking side of it uh, not have as much inside info on the ports and all that stuff that's going on there and there's a lot of excellent information out there on the situation out in the port so uh, you know won't get into that so much but more or less more of are actually talking directly about the trucking industry and kind of where <clears throat> we are today and, and where I think it needs to go uh, if we're going to address some of these issues uh, within, you know, transportation and, and the shortage of drivers. To me, there is no doubt that there is a, some, some, I, some, uh, shortage of drivers, some kind of an idea of shortage of drivers per se, however you want to define it. And, and there's a lot of back and forth on it, but there is no doubt a need <clears throat> to add drivers to the industry a as a whole. And going forward, I, th I think, and I'll just say that early on before we get into how we got to kind of where we are today. I'll start off by saying that I, going forward, I think it's going to have to be a, identifying people, uh, young people coming right out of high school or in high school, getting them getting engaged and locking them into that, you know, trying to lock them into that early on instead of letting them, uh, I shouldn't say letting them, but, you know, having them, you know, for, experiment or look at different opportunities uh, bef before you get them the opportunity to look at what transportation or trucking can do. Uh, but there's also a lot of things that need to be changed within that to make it interesting for them. Uh, you know, right now the average age for a, a truck driver is, is mid-50s, okay? Way too... Uh, way too heavy on that side of the age bracket. Okay. And not, and not saying that that's not, um, those aren't viable. Those aren't good stats. It's just not sustainable. Okay. It's just not sustainable because these drivers are going to, at some point, uh, either retire and, uh, going to, uh, get out of the industry, uh, either because they're forced out because they're not being able to get medically qualified uh, or just on their own getting out of it uh, because of just, you know, getting into that retirement age. So when you rely upon that as your base, then that just creates all kinds of these issues going forward. And that's where we're at today is that trying to get this age of new drivers coming in down there a lot younger so that they do have the opportunity to go out and have a, you know, a 30, 40, 34 year, 30 to 40 year career, whatever that is. And, you know, not have to worry about 
uh, continued aging uh, fleets, uh, you know, for uh, drivers in, in these fleets. <clears throat> so it just makes sense to try to make that more appealing uh, to the younger drivers. And, and they have done some of those things that a lot of these companies, some companies, I should say, have moved into uh, local positions where drivers are home daily or home, you know, a couple of times during the week. They're looking at, you know, Monday through Fridays or, you know, uh, specific schedules, the specific routes, just a variety of things trying to attract people into the industry. And overall, it really hasn't done as well, I think, as they as it should. You know, pay raises, same thing. You know, you've seen way, way um, bigger pay increases over the last 12 to uh, 24 months than they've ever seen. Uh, the the wages are way up there, and you know it consistently. There's no reason why a driver shouldn't be who's who's available to do the work and stays consistent with their running. Shouldn't be in that sixty to eighty thousand range, and and you're seeing some drivers that are in that ninety to a hundred thousand dollar a year range also. So the income levels are definitely there and improving uh, as as we go. And then with the the sign-on and retention bonuses being uh, outrageous right now and going through the roof, you know, that's that's supplementing some of their income. But again, it's not really drawn a lot of people in uh, to the industry. You're seeing more of it where, you know, it's just robbing from one company to the next or guys jumping from one company to the next, you know, but... Uh, you know, there's some of these sign-up bonuses that are five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars, or retention bonus because it takes three or four or five years to receive all that uh, income from that. So, you know that that does play a part. And again, you're just not seeing a lot of movement toward that with those there. So that that tells tells you should tell uh, tell you that there needs to be some other things going on there. And if we're going to attract the younger people, I think you continually need to draw um, those uh, on those uh, ideas of getting these people home daily, uh, if not every other day, kind of a deal, working a, a pretty set schedule and and trying to make some of those things more appealing to them as far as schedule-wise goes and the pay along with it. But also I think the third piece of that is going to be that automation or gamification of that position. And that's where the autonomous trucks or uh, autonomous equipment is going to come in where, you know, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, that thing is more computerized and you need to be more uh, set up to run that like a video game or a computer versus actually physically driving the truck. And I think that's going to be the attraction to getting some of these, uh, younger generation interested in the in the industry that's you know in junior high and high school today you know so is that something that's going to be ready today tomorrow no a couple of years possibly but i think the sooner the better for that because that gives those uh gives them that again that that interest level there of is that going to be you know something that they're going to enjoy doing versus just you know running up and down the road uh, but not having any type of engagement with the equipment or, you know, with your tractor and, and whatnot. And so I think those are going to be some of the things that's going to be 
uh, attractive to them. But I think, again, though, the, the challenge is still going to continue to be, though, that, it, you know, this is a viable industry, a viable opportunity to, to you know, have for a career. Uh, you know, if you go back, and here, here comes the history part of it, if you go back and look at it over the years, what drew people into the industry was there wasn't very many alternatives to um, earn a living. And so going back into late 90s, early 2000s, when you've seen a lot of manufacturing places closing down, sawing, uh, sawing and seeing uh, increase in uh, unemployment and very few options because tech really wasn't uh, taking off or you know as prevalent and some of those other opportunities similar to that weren't as prevalent then as they are now <clears throat> and so uh, you know when the um, textile mill that you worked at or the uh, yarn uh, mill that you were working at or the manufacturing plant for equipment or whatever went under, uh, went out of business, closed down, then, again, in a lot of those communities, in a lot of those areas, there wasn't uh, a lot of opportunities to go plug into other careers that you could make something similar to what you were doing at the time uh, compared to what trucking and, and, and transportation could do uh, for you and so it was easy for people to transition into that, um, you know. And the other piece of it was, you were seeing at that time the the sprouting up of of driving schools and tr- and trucking schools all over the country. That you know they were pretty prevalent going through the '90s. Uh, you know, I entered the, into the industry in late '90s, uh, and so as as when I entered into it, you were seeing it becoming more prevalent, and there was a pretty good base of schools established and, and you saw them continue to grow. So up to that point, then once these places were going out of business, manufacturers were going out of business, then, you know, these people that um, more than likely didn't have that college education at the time, again, it wasn't easily accessible to move in to get a, uh, you know, some kind of a degree or education and something. So the Votex, or the tech schools uh, and the trucking schools started to draw these people into these trucking programs and, you know, getting them their CDLs and getting them trained up on it and getting them out there on the road. Again, the other piece of it that was attractive is that, uh, you know, it was quick turnaround. You can, you know, usually uh, three to four weeks, you could have your license. If you went full time every day and three or four weeks, they'd have you trained up. You could get your license and you'd be good to go. Then the other piece of it, too, that played into that was the, uh, you know, many places would would pay for that. The workforce developments were paying for that. So there was a lot of money uh, available there for that. And then if it did come out of your pocket or you did, you know, have your own uh, costs involved in that, then a lot of these companies would reimburse you on that tuition. So you know, it was easy again, and all these layers you can see of the 
arrows pointing into transportation because into trucking because of your situation from income from retraining from available availability of money and what and whatnot you know that it was easier to to move that direction uh, because again there wasn't a lot of opportunities in many communities and smaller communities to step into something else that you're going to make that similar type of income and again i remember several plants um, over the years that you know went out of business or closed or relocated or whatever and you know seeing those people in those classrooms um, you know, week in and week out, uh, looking to transition out of whatever that, that manufacturing into, uh, you know, into trucking. So going again through the two thousands, then you're seeing this in the, you know, the different decades, the early decades of there, you're seeing this continue to kind of be the norm. Uh, you know, unemployment was against, you know, creeping up, uh, from time to time, and as as companies would close and whatever, then you'd see that going on. But uh, over the over time, then you start seeing technology and some other things going on, and and more people going to college out of high school. Then it, it kind of you know started to fade a little bit, and you weren't seeing it that on a consistent basis as you did you know earlier. And uh, the other piece of that playing into is then. You know, the companies were saying, well, there's a driver shortage uh, because you're starting to see, uh, again, pay increases, the sign-on bonuses and such. So you're seeing a lot of movement with, within the industry. So it wasn't anything uh, unusual to see somebody having turnover at 100 to 150% of their fleet, meaning that if you were a 100-truck fleet, you would have everybody directly. You would have everybody in that company quit and and leave, and so you had to you know hire back uh, enough drivers to fill that back up again. So you'd have to have a hundred drivers over the course of that year to replenish that uh, hundred trucks that are the, the hundred drivers that quit. So you you couple that with trying to grow. And you can see where the demand was consistently there, you know, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, that if a company was wanting to grow and uh, maintain uh, their fleet size, uh, then they were going to have to combat that, that number that they were losing on a weekly basis. So even at you know, if you could whittle that down to 60 or 70% uh, still then on that 100 uh, truck fleet example I gave, then you, that means you got to find those 60 drivers and, you know, extrapolate that out to where if you got a thousand truck fleet or a 2000 truck fleet, you can see what happens and what you're needing to do. So it wasn't uncommon in some of those bigger carriers to see uh, classes in orientation of, of people of, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 people each week starting an orientation just to fill that need. And so that's what the industry started to, to talk about even way back when, when was, is, hey, if we're going to continue to see the growth that we need to and we want to see the industry continue to grow, we need to draw more people into the industry 
And so that's where the shortage came from because a lot of it was that these drivers, you know, would jump from company to company to company to company to company to company. And I guess it wasn't unusual to see a guy change jobs every six months, uh, every year, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, changing a job several times a year, actually. You know, there wasn't unusual to see once in a while somebody who changed jobs maybe every month or every three months, and he may stay there for four or five months or or whatever, but the rest of the time that he would, you know, maybe just only stay there a month, a week, or whatever. So, again, with that churn consistently going on and um, battling the other aspects of turnover where – you know, somebody who just didn't want to be in the industry, didn't like it, couldn't adjust to the lifestyle or retiring or finding a local job or whatever, you know, with all those factors playing into that, it was easy for companies to see their uh, turnover to creep up into that um, 100 plus uh, range on, you know, an annual basis. Uh, it maybe fluctuate from month to month, but as a whole, that's where they were sticking at uh, on an annual basis. So, does driving schools continue to thrive? You started seeing them to grow uh, and seeing them getting bigger and bigger uh, over the years. And it wasn't uncommon to see, you know, some of these classes of being as big as, you know, they'd have 60 to 80 people on campus on some of those uh, bigger uh, places. They'd run a two-week course and, and a weekend course. So they'd have one class with 30 or 40 in it. The the second class, you know, getting ready to finish up would have 30 or 40 in it. And then your weekend class may have, you know, 15 or 20. And then, and a lot of these schools, too, that were smaller may have one or two or three or four. But there was, there was you know, hundreds of these schools located all over the country. And they're all, you know, training people to go into the industry. So then they started to continue to talk about what can they do to... Uh, you know, see some opportunity to get some people in there when you started looking at some of these other manufacturing and things starting to slow down. And you would also get some people from just various walks of life that decided, hey, I want to give that up, whether it be an airplane pilot, an athlete, a pro athlete, a semi-pro athlete, um, you know, whatever that white collar, blue collar, you know, wanted to look for better opportunities and and several reasons to try to, to jump into the industry. The biggest uh, inputs were those manufacturing positions. And so you started to see those kind of dwindling down or unemployment starting to go down. So it became more difficult and more difficult to con consistently have the kind of numbers that you needed to do to continue to grow your fleet. And there was some out there that were, many were, the better carriers were starting to battle their um, turnover but but and also seeing some growth and so that you know obviously went on for for several years but it was continually a struggle to try to see uh, about getting people in in the door to to fill these empty trucks so the next thing that that they were starting to see in target was looking at people coming out of the military people that were uh, getting ready to uh, in their uh, enlistment time and move back into civilian life and so this this gave some people some ideas, and so they started to uh, specifically market and go after those people going uh, out of coming out of the military, going back into civilian life, um, and especially if they've got some driving experience or 
uh, or not, if they're willing to look at that industry as a opportunity, then, you know, that seemed like uh, a good place for these people to start targeting. And so a lot of your carriers did, they started going after, uh, the military people specifically and really marketing to those. And that had worked great. And that put, you know, in some good numbers, but again, not seeing the kind of numbers that they, they needed, uh, to consistently, um, grow and fill the turnover and, and beyond what they were doing for their, uh, recruiting process as it is. So then fast forward to a few years ago, and then they started really trying to market to, uh, women out there and, and getting the women into the industry. And this was kind of mind boggling to me because they should have been, there should have been something that would have been all along. I mean, to say that, um, that all of a sudden now that women are going to be more, uh, marketed to, to, or targeted as people to of interest in this industry doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because it should have been that way a long time ago. Um, but I understand that there are some, you know, things that need to be put in place for safety reasons and, uh, making sure that they are, um, you know, uh, feeling safe when they're out there on the road, but the same thing can go for, for men too. I mean, there's, there's some sketchy, scary things that go on there out there on the road that needed to be addressed and need to be addressed and continually to making sure that when drivers go out into, uh, cities or customers or truck stops or whatever, that their safety, uh, is a priority to everyone and that they can feel safe when they're, uh, on the job, uh, you know, no matter if they're in their truck or outside their truck or where they're at. Um, but anyway, so trying to stay back on, um, keep things on the rails again, that kind of been the next ploy that they were trying to use as, as their marketing and, and going after the, uh, of women and, and getting them into the industry, uh, specifically as in driving. So again, you see in the specific marketing and things like that, but here we are today, 2021 and dealing with the fallout from the, um, COVID and people just getting out of the industry and, and leaving it because of, you know, health concerns. And then also with the, um, uh, drug clearinghouse or drug and alcohol clearinghouse and, and mandatory reporting of that, you're seeing some of the people being pushed out too. And because, you know, companies are finding out about that they're failing these uh, drug tests or alcohol tests and saying, Hey, you know, we're not going to be able to hire you. Insurance won't cover it because of that. Um, and some people that just say, Hey, I'm not going to go through that, the program to get back and, and go through the SAP to get cleared, to go back. And they're staying away from that too. So you're losing those people from the industry along with everything else. And what's the next target? What's the next marketing uh, opportunity that they're going to go after? And, you know, that's where we get into looking at some of these people that are younger, the younger generation and looking at people that are, um, you know, 18, 18 years old, 19 years old you know, getting that age below 21 and start looking at some of these in that 18, 19 uh, year old range and going and marketing to them while they're in high school, getting them some kind of training or some kind of, you know, education to interest them there, engage them and then have them, you know, be ready to step out of high school and go in and get their CDL and then being able to get trained up and go. And there's been a lot of pushback 
by um, a lot of people, especially in that older generation, my generation age and a little bit older saying no way, but it doesn't make sense not to. It doesn't make sense not to look at these younger people because I we there I don't see any other way. I don't understand how else you can get people involved because we've thrown a lot of money at them. We've thrown a lot of money as an industry. They've, like I said, they make good money. Uh, they can get home pretty regularly, but you're just not seeing those people wanting to to be involved in that. And I think that's the the piece of the puzzle that is going to potentially have the opportunity to bring some people in and at least it needs to be looked at it needs to be considered because if not where else are you going to look what else are you going to do to get people involved because there's so many people today that uh, aren't getting involved in in this industry they're getting into either tech things or tech uh, positions or jobs that don't require um you know, more of a white collar type positions, I guess. And with the other blue collar industries increasing their pay and benefits, construction, concrete, things like that, you know, it's being in house building going um, ballistic, parabolic, then, you know, you've got to figure out ways to draw people into it that uh, don't have that exposure to it early on. I mean, you can go basically right out of high school and get a job swinging a hammer somewhere, and they're going to train you. They're going to they're going to get you up to speed and get you going. Um, there's programs in school to gauge your interest and and to taste some of that what it's like and and doing some basic carpentry things, and then you can build upon it. You know, once you get out or go to trade school or or go into some of these construction management courses and things like that in these universities. And the same thing goes for the, the truck truck driving then is that they need to have some kind of program, some kind of availability to attract those people today who are in that middle school and high school age and get them interested in the industry. And hopefully they'll stick with it. And then as soon as possible, once they graduate, is get them into your program, get them going. And if you can get them in there for two, three, four, five years or 10 years or 20 years, great. But I don't know any other way that you're going to be able to draw people in uh, without losing them to somewhere else and have that exposure to them early on than looking at people in that age bracket of, you know, junior high and high school age. So I'm going to end things there today, um, but that's just my opinion, my two cents on on trucking and supply chain and where things are and, and where things need to go. I hope you've been well. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're staying healthy, staying safe. And um, until next time, as the very wise man once said, au revoir, go far.